they've done studies, you know, 60% of the time it works every time. That doesn't make sense. You guys seen that I got the brass shoe, <clears throat> right? Yeah. Yeah. How I do you like it? Well, I, uh, cool. so I saw that uh, Joel was had it, had it and had a video on how to set it up and, um, and I had thought about it for a while. So up until recently, I never even picked up my brass, even at practice. Um, even when I would practice, I would just leave it on the ground. What is a brass chute? Okay, so the brass chute uh, is made by CED. And it's a contraption that you basically fold up. And then when you get to the range and you're going to do some uh, static drills, you can uh, kind of open this thing up and set it up. And it's got a net that it catches your spent cases so um you can set it it works real well i mean it works extremely well when you're stationary um i've not i've only used it twice and i've not done anything where i was doing drills and i was moving from uh, spot to spot but if i do something like that i would just put it on the right most position okay so anyways so but real quick I, i'll um I'll give you the rundown on the pros, um, and then we'll talk about the cons. The pros are it is extremely easy to set up. You can literally pull it out of this little bag that it comes in, set it down, have it ready to go in under two minutes, and it packs up just as easy. That's re that's really cool. Um, and it works. And the other more another pro is it works really well. It does catch your brass if you're if you know. Um, my gun, my new Gen 5 Glocks eject fairly um, regularly, unlike the old generation Glocks where one would hit your, your hand as it spit out and then another <laughs> one would shoot 20 feet away. <laughs> the, my Gen 5 Glocks, they actually eject kind of slightly forward, um, but um, it, it works really well. It picks it up, picks brass up real well. So, you know, that's, that's awesome. Um, now the cons uh, would be is it's expensive. It's about 150 bucks, and that's a lot of money. Um, the other con that I think is is if it's really windy outside, it kind of doesn't it blows it around a little much, and so it funnels this. The net is is uh, shaped to where it funnels down to a little funnel that you put a bucket underneath. And on the very end of that piece that goes in the bucket, it's got a weighted ring around it, you know. But it's not long long enough, and it, that thing blows around just enough to where it'll pop outside the bucket. So it's kind of a kind of pain in the butt. Because I shot it one day where it was not windy at all, worked extremely well. The next day when it was super windy, uh, it was kind of a, a pain in the ass. Um, I think I might do get something like a jaw, something simple like a drawstring, and just put it around that net part right above the ring, and then just cinch it down to where if it does pop out the bucket, it um, it um, it won't matter. It won't. It just won't drop the brass out. That makes sense. So. Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, that's the um, those are the two negatives. Now. If you're shooting a caliber like 38 Super Comp, I think it's very, very valuable. Um, because what about I, uh, setup? What about setup? So you, it it comes in a little bag. Okay, when you buy it, you have to take it out, and I don't I don't think you have to set anything up. I think all the parts are already 
in there. So you just have to basically take it out, put it on the ground, and the way it comes is you just grab these two legs, or and you grab the legs, and it you you it makes an X when it sits on the ground. The base does. So when you when you put it up, you just fold those two pieces in. And it doesn't have the. I'm not doing a very good job explaining it. Joel's got something I think on his Instagram where you can watch it. It takes less than two minutes to set set it up and two minutes to break it down. Extremely extremely easy. Um, so if you're shooting a caliber like 38 Super Comp, I think it's really really handy. Um, if you're shooting even maybe 40 and 45, it's handy. Um, I mean even for nine, I did the math on it. So before I, I up until recently, I was just leaving my brass on the ground. I wouldn't even pick it up. It didn't matter what I was doing. Because I was like, I can get brass for two and a half to three cents a, a piece shipped to my door. So, you know, blah, blah, blah. And then I was like, well, I'm going to start picking it up. I'm going to start trying to shoot more and more. Everywhere I can save money, the better. So I did the math. Um, if you're paying three cents around um, for nine millimeter to your door and you buy this, you know, in about. 2,000 rounds, maybe, maybe, maybe it was 5,000 rounds. It wasn't a lot of rounds when you, when you did the math, it pays for it. So now today I went out and shot after work real quick and I didn't, I had it with me, but I I was like, I'm not going to set it up. I'm going to pick up brass and see how much this annoys me. And, um, I did. And about halfway into me picking up brass, I was like, yeah, I I like, I like it. Uh, I wish I would have set it up because I only shot about 300 rounds and, um, so I've only used it twice, and the two times I've used it, I've already, I already like it. Now, again, it is expensive, but you know, man, if if you if you pick your brass up, I think it's worth it. it it's kind of like um, the uh, tape gun. It seems like that's a lot of money, but when you start thinking about how time you spend taping and how much time that saves, it, it doesn't take long for you to. Um, be, be at peace with that price on that tape gun, right? You guys have a tape gun? Of course. No. It's laser engraved. What would GMJP do? <laughs> That's right. I remember that. Uh, Jeff, you don't have one? Nope. Bro, you got to get with the program. Yeah, I got to do a lot of things, man. Yeah, you do. He still sees no. single stack. I'm not surprised. And he's, he loads on a 550. So. 550 is uh, the best press Dylan ever made. I don't know about that, but anyways, it's a good press, a, but it's uh, just slow. I don't have a yeah, case feeder. Only, I don't I, have a case feeder for it's, it. It's only like 800 rounds an hour tops. Yeah. Not, not I, the, I mean, not without a case feeder. So yeah. You can't load them that no, you, no, you can do 800 rounds an hour by hand. Anyways, before we get sidetracked too much, but anyways, I like it. Um, I wish it was about. it's not, but I, um, I think at, when I first got it and before I took it out, I was like, I I got taken, I I got taken. (laughs) I was like, yep, I got, uh, I'm going to regret this. And I don't think I'm going to now. I think I like it. So anyways, it is a lot of money to swallow, but, um, I like it. If you pick your brass up, if you don't pick your brass up, then you don't need it obviously. So. I only pick mine up when I shoot in, when I practice indoors. Really? Yeah. It's by the time you've been outside for like three or four hours, do you really want to crawl around picking up brass? I'm with you. That's that was that's what I said. That's that was my excuse for years, uh, or forever, up until recently. So I use that time 
when I'm picking my brass up. <clears throat> this is kind of weird, but I use that time to like stretch and yeah. work on uh, hip mobility. So like I right. try to squat down and walk around in the squatted position, picking up brass, or I'll like bend over without without bending my knees and pick up brass. So I like use that time to work on my flexibility and mobility for shooting. That's just a way to to um, see the the positives of not having a brass shoot. Yeah. Well, I'm just leaving the brass. Yeah, that's fine. I can't um, afford to leave the brass. I got to pick up the brass. Well, it's a little more for it's a little more expensive for forty. What is it? What are you paying? Five cents sure. around? Oh, you're not paying for it though, are you? No, but no. but I don't also I also don't have an unlimited supply. Right. So right. I oh, have to pick it up. That, that's fair. When I shot forty, I picked up my brass. Yeah. So. Anyways, I I like it. I do wish it was a lot less money, but again, I had to make peace with buying a seventy dollar tape paster or whatever a paster gun. So. Yeah, I would like to have one of those. Yeah. Okay. Hey, before we get on whatever we're talking about next, who's watching shooting videos? What? You, what are you watching? Okay, hey, before we get on the next topic, I got two quick things. Uh, did you guys get the email from USPSA about PCC Nationals? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Separate so but equal. What? Separate but equal. Yeah, so I thought it was really good, right? They get their own Nationals specifically designed for PCC. That's what everybody wants, right? I just don't want it in our in our sport. But it's not. It gets its, it's its own. It's its own. Just like multi game. Exactly. Exactly. Though. What did you say, Jason? That's for twenty twenty. Yeah. Yeah. So not this year, but next year they're gonna they're gonna break it out. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I I just thought that was interesting. They they did what people have been saying they should be doing it. They should have its own special design match for PCC. I don't care. I, I guess, yeah, I don't care. I don't I've, care I've either. Cared. I've never cared about shooting with PCC shooters because if you're if you're a PCC shooter and you win high overall, you you don't need to brag about it because you should. And when I beat most of them, I like to laugh at them. So, um, I don't national, care either I, way. Yeah, I don't care either way. I just I thought it care. was interesting because people interesting. bitch about it all the time, and yeah. now they have their own nationals and people don't. They don't have to, you know, change the pistol this. match for them. And that's something, and I, I'm, I'm with that. And I also will say this. I'll be anxious to see how many people leave um, the division because I do believe some people do it so they're higher up in the overall standings. That's something that they do, you know what I mean? It doesn't, it doesn't yeah. matter to me, but I think there are people that do shoot it because, oh, they may be in the top 20 uh, overall. Um Whereas, or, or they shoot it just because it's you know it's a pistol design match. You shoot a rifle, right. it makes it a lot easier, right? So exactly. This is going to be one specifically designed for the rifle, and I think it's going to probably be hard, right? Probably going to be some butt hurt. Yeah, hurt I think, feelings. I think. Uh, do you think people will decide to go back to shooting a pistol? Well, 
I mean, you're going to have people now that would have shot, uh, like, for instance, this year it's um, open in PCC at the first of the high cap nationals. And so you're going to have those people, more people shoot pistol nationals, um, not necessarily leaving the PCC, but, you know, some of those people would be like, well, I would have shot open or whatever if I could have, but that was the same time as the PCC match. So I think you'll have an increase in pistol shooters. I think it's an actually a smart move. Um, yeah, I'm just I'm just saying that it's gonna be hard. Like they're bringing they're hopefully I don't know this, but hopefully they're bringing the level of difficulty up, you know, so that it's gonna be difficult for rifle shooters as the pistol is for a pistol match. Right. Right. I see what you're saying. I'd be anxious to see if that plays out that way. Yeah, we'll uh, see. If, it's gonna if, be interesting. If it does, I think you're going to have some hurt feelings, though. I thought it was cool, so I just wanted to bring it up. It is cool. Uh, next thing, Jared, did you see Casey Eusebio's new pistol? Yes, yes. Apparently, he has decided that a open Glock-based <laughs> gun is not sufficient. Didn't he so decide he had, that a while he, back? He had, he had Limcat build him a new open gun that was a collaboration with uh, Zevtech, I believe. Yeah, it's called the uh, Zevcat. Yeah, well, I mean, I think it looked pretty cool. Uh, I think Limcat has a pretty good reputation for building a solid gun. Their their styles a little out there for me, but. I've never doubted that they build a good gun. The ones I've seen have been good. The guys that I know that have had them uh, have always got good and prompt uh, service work and stuff done. So That was disappointing, Jared. I wanted you to shit on it more. Uh, there, I, I don't know anything about it. How am I supposed to shit on it? And what I want to know is That's what is the collaboration? never been a problem for you before. Yeah, normally you don't need to talk something. You just open your mouth and it naturally happens. <laughs> That's um, the only one I'm talking about. Jason's shooting, though. Right. right. <laughs> Again, I want to know, like, why? That's my question is, when I saw that and you sent it to me, uh, Jeff, I was like, why? Like, why? Uh, like, pre- why? So, so he shoots for Zev. And I'm, I'm pretty sure he's been shooting a Limcat for yeah. several years. Yes. For open. So okay. it kind of makes sense. It's two companies he's worked with for a long time. I get it. Okay. But again, for everyone else, you know what I mean? Maybe the gun's got something different that there's they don't offer. Maybe they're doing something different with the Zevcat that, that uh, Limcat doesn't do in a different model. Well, in, did you see the model. post? Did you see the post about the grip angle on on the gun? I saw something with all that, and I was like, I don't want to devote the brain power to figure out what the hell they're trying to show here. So, Wow, that's some real dedication. Jason. Yeah, well, I, I looked at it for a while, but I was like, okay, there's a, a, a SIG 320. He's got that shown, and it looks like, I don't know if there was a, I can't remember what the other gun was, but like two of them were a SIG, and it, it wasn't clear. It was just showing lines. It was, and a, a, couple SIG, of, it was a SIG, a Glock, and the Zevcat. Yeah, I know, but what I'm saying is, is it didn't. It was not. I'm trying to go to his Instagram right now. Um, there was several different. Uh, was it? Oh shit! I don't care. I don't, man. I don't care. Whatever. 
It has a steeper grip angle than a Glock. But it's a 2011. What's the point of that? Yeah. Like, you know how I can't... Well, I could, but I wouldn't be very good for a long time at shooting a Glock because of the grip angle. Because it's steeper than 1911. Okay? You shoot single single stack now, so you have, like, two guys in the entire country to compete against. I'm not really sure what that has to do with it. (laughs) Okay. What does that have to do with the price of tea in China, Jared? (laughs) Let me me translate that for you. You actually suck now. But since you're shooting single stack, you don't realize it. Oh, okay. Thank you. <laughs> the point is, this, this, this gun has even steeper grip angle than the Glock. And what does that, have to, what does that matter? Well, who gives a shit? Like, I, I, mean, I, I, I guess I don't ever pay it. Like, oh, this gun has a, a, a really steep grip angle. Man, I'm so like, oh, it's so awesome. Like, I don't, I don't care. Is there a is there a benefit? I don't know, man. I don't. I have something I never paid attention to. I know guns are different; they present different. I know that's basically due to the grip angle, but I've never ever like sweated like, well, this one has a 19 degree grip angle, and <laughs> you know that's what I really like, and it's so flat. Um, <laughs> so flat. Does um okay so? I don't know, man. My understanding from what I saw that that video and that picture i didn't i knew there was something going on but it it was not clear to me what was going on and what was different so i would think i thought this is just an open gun that zev made some slide cuts in there and and puts her name on it and it's nothing more than that it's a 2011 race gun right with a with the limcat style slide and workings or whatever they do, all their stuff, the way they, they do their barrel and comps and the cuts. And then Zev got on board and said, yeah, I like this cut too, Zev. And then put Zev on it. I mean, I don't know, but that's what I t- kind of took from the video. It looks like a cool-ass gun. I want two of them. But I want, <laughs> I want, I want two of everything, so. I'm not I sure. You, should, what you the, should definitely buy two of them. Yeah. I'm not sure what that partnership looked like. I just thought it was an interesting gun. has it a really does. steep grip angle. Casey Sibio likes it. He's going to shoot it. He's kind of so, good. Back to the thing about the really steep, steep grip angle. Is it any different than a normal 2011 grip or 1911 grip angle? Because no you just saying steep to me means that's something different. Um, and I don't know. I mean, what... I think it's different. Okay. Well, then it might be. Cool. The Because uh, the grip and the frame are from Limcat, I think. Made by Limcat. So I always thought Limcats were just 2011 open guns that had their, their own style to them. Like an Akai's got its own style. Yeah. Uh, Limcat being a lot different style. I've always liked the look of Limcats. I've never shot one, but I'd always, I mean, I'd love to shoot one. I've heard they're badass, but. Maybe it makes it more conducive to consistent feeding or something. I don't know. Okay. So that's your homework for, for next episode is figure out what and why. Did you get that, Jared? It's your homework? Yeah. No, it's yeah, your it's homework. Like, I'm taking over editing. It's <laughs> probably like every other gun in this game. Yeah. And it, it's really not, it doesn't matter that much. Like everyone makes yep. a big deal about all this little stuff. But you definitely need a shadow too to be competitive. Exactly. There we go. There's a little all bit right. more of the let's move shit on. I wanted. Yeah, let's move on. Okay, you can. I'll get my. 
my uh, Jared, I'm getting my slide tomorrow, so I don't know if I'll be able to shoot it this weekend, but I'll shoot it Sunday probably. So I'll let you know. You should shoot it. You should shoot. You should shoot that gun at Nationals. I'm not switching guns, dude, until the end of the year. Hey, yeah, I'm not even going to. I'm probably not even going to. What? What day are you flying out? I'm flying out on Tuesday. So Sweet. match starts on Thursday. I'm flying out on Tuesday. Come come out and see me. I'll be I'll be working the CZ booth on Tuesday. Okay. We're gonna show up early. Are you working on Wednesday as well? Or are y'all just working Tuesday? Uh Wednesday the range is empty. We have to pick up one of our other guys at the airport. Uh huh. It's only coming in for the end of the week while me and Matt are shooting. Gotcha. Hey, real quick, are they gonna allow is there I've never been to a nationals. I've never even been to well, I've been to two area matches, but uh are they going to have a yes. warm-up bay to or a zero bay yes. or whatever? Okay, that's all I wanted to yes. know. Cool. All right. Well, cool. All right. So, Jared, um, I had Jeff. I came up with something. It's not a drill, but I came up with, hey, Jeff, go out and do this. I want to see what your times are. And because I have been worried that my transitions suck. And yes. they do suck. They need to improve. I didn't I do, say that. I, no, I, I do. But okay, well, you always need to get better. And when you, you know, so I want to improve on my transitions, but I was worried that my transitions were slow. And it seems like what would be okay. I won't even say this. I'll ask you guys. What is the magic number for transitions? Ten yards. Whatever speed appropriate. Okay. It depends. Seven it yards depends. All right. Seven yards. Open targets, one yard apart. What's the magic number? At 10 yards? 7 to 10 yards. Set, targets are one yard apart. There's three targets. You're doing a Blake drill or El Prez style setup at 7 or 10 yards in the target presentations like that. What's the magic number? I want to see 20s if I'm doing it. Right. Okay. Or under. Yeah, yeah. Low 20s. Right. Okay. So that's what I was looking for, and my transitions were around the two eight, two nine. They were usually yeah, around slow. two eight. Yeah. So I started breaking it down. I'm like, okay, well, here's what I'm doing. I'm so I'm not worried about the draw, and I'm not worried about the splits. I'm just worried about the transitions between the two, the two, uh, three targets. So I'm sitting there going, well, I don't know what I'm doing wrong. Um, when I, I just can't get them down. You know, if I really, really pushed, I was getting two fives. And I started noticing that I was uh, swinging off early and dragging shots either off or onto the next target, off the first one, or off one target and or on the next target. So I said, well, let me just isolate the transition. So I came up with, okay, let's, let me try this so I can isolate the transition. So I'm standing, I got the same target set up. The gun is in my hand, I'm gripping it like I should grip it. I am aimed at one of the targets, either the, the far left or the far right target. I am aimed at the A zone, and on the buzzer, I'm going to pull the trigger, then transition either right or left, um, and get a one shot onto the next target. You, it's going to be the middle target is my transition onto target. So buzzer goes off, bang, transition onto the middle target. And then I would do it the other way. So I would start on the left side and, and then transition onto the middle, and then I would do it again and, and start on the right side and transition on the middle. And I would do that several different several times. And I was getting around 28. But what I was doing was is on the buzzer, pull the trigger, 
the second, the, the instant you perceive that dot to start to lift, that's when I would start in, in my, with my eyes looking to the next spot. And so I wanted to see if that's just me being super slow. So I had Jeff finally get that down and do that, and his times were around the same time. So what I've kind of come up with is to really get those times down, you kind of, I'm wondering if, if you really have to sacrifice that seeing the dot lift uh, and by the time the dots lift, you before the dot starts lifting, you're really have already moved your eyes to the next target. So, what do you think? What are your thoughts, Jared? Uh, I don't like doing drills with one shot. I know that, but I had to isolate this thing. Yeah, because like where you talked about sweeping across the target or something, I feel like one shot will prevent you from seeing that. I also, when I'm working on stuff like that, I'll shoot several runs and i'll look for the pattern rather than just like off of one run you know if all your if if all your shots are left and right like across the center of the a zone or something that tells you something as well okay but i'm not worried about any of that in this specific isolation i'm worried about nothing more than the transition between one target to the next so that's all i was isolating And I was just doing, at the buzzer, I was just firing the first shot just to then get the second part, the second reading, which was the transition. So I don't care about my reaction time to the buzzer on the first shot. I don't care what that is. I only care about the, 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 the split between the first shot and the transition shot. So and I'm I not worried about... To, I'm not worried about... You, I'm, hold on a second. I'm not worried about where the shots are hitting. And, and when I was doing this, my shots were dead center A's all the time. And I, and I did this multiple times. So I probably did this 20 times in each direction, and I was getting a consistent two seven two eight, um, very comfortable A's every time. You know, 99, 98 to 90, you know, 95 percent and up A's at seven and ten yards. I, I think I was mostly doing this at seven yards. So, um, like I said, I was just sitting there thinking, like, and, and I tried to push it sometimes, but then you start muscling the gun and. And you start then I started inducing the errors where I was over swinging or uh, you know swinging past the A zone on the transition target. So what I'm saying is right now in my skill level where it's at, the point two transitions seem a little far, a little out of reach for me with doing it, doing the shooting like I understand what you're supposed to do. So as I understand it is you're not supposed to transition from one target to another target until you perceive the sight sight or the dot starting to lift. And right now, for me, I can't process that dot lifting, then get my eyes to the next spot, then wait for the gun to settle or get, you know, where it needs to be. And sometimes it's not settled. Sometimes I'm timing it. I can't do and process all that any faster than about a 2.7. I think... That part of the problem is the one shot, okay? Like, I get that you're not wanting to do the two shots, but to do your reaction time, perceive the sight lifting, and transition to the next target, basically all simultaneously. It's just, it's too much happening. You see, like, if you if you take two shots, you have, you used to have, like, another 1500s to process your time to look at the next target. You got a timer, sight lift, and eyes moving all at the same time. The timer has nothing to do with it. The timer. My question. Oh, it does. Your timer's telling you to go. 
the timer is only for the first shot, and that's not what you're focused on. Because the moment you break that first shot and you see the sight lift, which is what you're supposed to do from what I understand you're supposed to do, is you're supposed to call your shots. To call your shot, you have to see the, the dot or the sight lift. You can't move your eyes early and not see that and call your shot. You, you might be able to make a judgment, well, that didn't feel right. And before I started to, before I finished the trigger pull, I know I, I moved off. And so I know I have a bad shot. But you can't actually call a shot unless you see that. Um, so the timer is, is is, has nothing to do with it. Now, I will go out and try this with two shots. So I think maybe what I w will do on the next one is at the, on the timer, I will do first shot, second shot, wait for the dot to lift. And I'm talking about this, the instant I perceive it to lift. Mm -hmm. I will then get my sight, my vision to the next spot. And when the dot settles, I will shoot one shot. And then when it recovers, I will, you know, shoot the next one. And I will then, but all I'm doing is just worried about that transition. So I will see if that does anything. I don't see how that makes a difference. But maybe it does. Because I know, Jeff, you were kind of like, well, on that first shot, you just have a little bit of, you're kind of already knowing that you're just, you're already preparing yourself on the second shot you're going to move. So you have a little bit more time to prepare yourself, even though you still mm -hmm. got to stay there for the second shot. Is that what you're getting at, Jeff? Yeah, that's kind of how I was seeing it. You just, you have more time to process information is, is my thing. What do you think, Jared? You look like you had something to say. My big question is, how much time did you spend working on transitions and dry fire? Um, I work on transitions quite often in dry fire. No, I'm no. Back. Okay. How much time did you spend focused on dry fire with your goal of getting faster transitioning between two targets as you were trying to do in live fire with this drill? Okay, so I, I haven't dry fired specifically this drill in, in dry fire. Not this I mean, drill. Okay. Much, well, then how the much only time have you been focused on transitions and dry fire when, when you were doing this drill. Okay, so <laughs> pretty much every day when I get up and dry fire, and I dry fire usually every day or three to sometimes is a little yeah okay whenever I do dry fire, which has been a lot more recently, several times a week for thirty to forty five minutes a day. Um, my primary goal has to do nothing but get better. Not nothing, but to, the 80% of my practice has been for transitions. So I've been practicing on transitions for a while now. A lot. I've been doing the, you know, uh, where I'm not even pulling the trigger. I'll just, once I get the dot and it, you know, it's where it needs to be for the target, specific target, then, and it's, you know, as settle as it needs to be, or as steady as it needs to be, I then move my vision to the next spot and let the dot follow and then do the same thing there. And then move. So I'm doing a lot of transition and, dry fire. And then when you're shooting like flake drills and practice and stuff, are you pushing to failure or are you just going oh, yeah. only as fast as you shoot alphas? No, I'm pushing to failure. I mean, when I, and, and for me, to be honest with you, failure is not normally, I will push sometimes where I will completely miss, but, um, most of the times I'm pushing to where I start dropping more C's than I want. And I, you know, I'll swing off and have a D. I mean, so I'm hitting D's and in, in mics, but, uh, so I am pushing to that failure, but I'm not sitting there constantly doing the failure where it's just nothing but failure. Cause I've thought about that. Just get out there and start getting the speed up. Just getting the speed up to see it, to process it. Cause you got to get to that level to where you start processing the information faster. And then you, yeah, bring you have, the you have, back in. 
you have to shoot so the mics to get faster in my opinion. Oh, yeah. Trying to get right. Plus, yeah, it was I, an I interesting drill, though. I uh, tried it a few times. Yeah, and, and it's not something, again, I, I was just doing it, and I'll tell you why I was doing it, because I was beating myself up that my transitions were slow, so I was thinking, oh my, you know, you you got to get these transitions faster. And I probably still, you know, I still do. But it's one of them deals where you kind of have to maybe understand that um, sometimes things are not what you thought they were, and you kind of have to look at it from a... a of you are outside in. I'm gonna beat myself up over this. Um, I don't mean that you know beat yourself up over it, but uh, so anyways, I've kind of made a little bit of peace that my transitions, while me um, always need to improve, I'm not. They probably weren't the dumpster fire I thought they were. Uh, no. I want to get yeah. So I do. St- I, I do still want to get better and faster and more efficient, no doubt about it. And I think I'm gaining that. I'm, I'm making that headway. So. Um, didn't mean to drag that out for as long as we probably did, but uh, anyways. So, but that kind of also. I so in the next question or in the in the question, I'm gonna use that and I'm gonna tie something else into it. So, have you guys ever went out? Okay, let me let me let me ask the question, and before you guys answer it, let me ask you another question pertaining to the question. Does muzzle flip matter? Okay, before you answer it. Have you guys ever went out and done a, a, a muzzle rise assessment? I'm going to call it that. I don't know what, what it's really called. Where you just point at a spot on the target, you fire the gun one shot, and you don't, you just let the gun rise and stay up like it normally would. No, I've never no. done that. Have y'all done that? No. So do you realize that when you, when you pull the trigger, the gun, does the gun return back to zero? That is what you. That's what matters. But does the gun do that, or is it you doing it? Both. I would say, and I'm not saying I'm right, but right now where I'm at and what I'm starting to, what I've observed recently, is if you aim and you just pull the trigger and you don't instinctively or actively push the gun back down, the gun will, will the gun will stay ca- uh, flipped up a little bit. High, and you actually bring it back down subconsciously. I think that's going to be different person to person, depending on your it grip is. pressure, grip pressure, and recoil management. Ammo, ammo, yeah. and your gun. Yep, I agree. It's all. Let's be honest. It's all about the recoil spring. Yeah, it is. <laughs> no, it's no, it's the uh, it's the firing pin stop angle. Right. Oh, that too. That too. Yeah. So, anyways, okay. So, does muzzle flip? Uh, does it matter? No. Jeff. Like, as far as just looking at it as flip or no flip, or well, flip, I, flip I guess and... yeah. I guess it's kind of a hard question to say that because it's like, well, you're not quantifying on how much it matters, or does it matter versus no flip, like you're saying, like you're asking. Okay, I guess a better way to ask it is, and where I, I agree with Jared, because uh, I would say no, is the, and the better way to ask that is, does it matter as much as people make it out to matter? For instance, everybody wants a flat gun, right? Every, uh, the gun needs to be flat, right? My guns all shoot flat. That's right. I know. 
but I mean, you, you see what I'm saying? Everybody's chasing that flatness. You know, I'm shoot, I shoot one, and I'm not saying me personally. I even know right now I am shooting 147s. Um, but people say I shoot 147s because they're softer. Um, and then, you know, people say I shoot 124s because they, they're faster. They snap back faster. But I don't really I know think, because, yeah. you know, because always, I've always shot guns the same way. Like, they always have the same amount of flip. So I've never really like shot with flip and then shot without flip. So I don't I don't know how I could say whether it matters or not. Cuz I've not done both. Well, like when you go if you if you shoot minor and then you go back and shoot major, like I shot a major gun uh Sunday and I was like, "Holy crap, this thing is like like it's like a cannon, and and then I was like, no, dude, it just it seems a lot stouter. Uh, it is, you know, maybe it is, but it seems like, oh my gosh, it's just how could you possibly shoot this? This is man. You have to be this, you know, man to shoot this. And I was like, no, dude, you just got to get used to it. It's a different impulse. It is, it is stouter, but it's a different impulse. But at at the first initial shooting, first magazine I shot through it, I was like, wow, major power factor thumps. You know what I mean? And we we were even having that argument. Um, Jeff on on the uh, Facebook page with some people saying, you know, DVC uh, major power factor is is scored higher because it's harder to control. And then somebody got on there and said, well, I don't really agree with that with today's guns and powders and all that stuff. And then you and I were talking separately. We're like, I kind of agree. It's it's just as easy to shoot major power factor. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. But I haven't shot major power factor in a year. Uh, well, I'll take that back. I haven't shot anything outside of open but um when you when i shot that 40 that limited gun i was like man that thing thumps man that's that's a lot stouter than i'm used to you know what i mean you kind of have to talk yourself up being able to like okay dude it's, you'll get back to it where you can you can do it you know what i mean and it's it's you then you'll be like oh it's nothing at all i don't yeah i'm leaning towards that it doesn't really matter if we're just talking about uh like a flat gun or a flippy gun basically okay uh, I, I lean towards it doesn't matter just because when I've switched back and forth from uh, my 9mm 1911 to my 40 1911 uh, whichever one I'm shooting more like if I'm shooting the 40 more and then I go try to shoot the 9 I'm going to shoot the 40 better just because I'm used to the timing of that gun Right. if I shoot the 9 a whole bunch and then I try to shoot the 40 I'm, I'm going to shoot the 9 better because I've been shooting that gun. I'm used to shooting the timing of that gun. So I just I just lean towards whatever you're shooting the most of. is. Well, and, and some people would say that, no, it doesn't matter how much it flips as long as it returns. You get it back to where you need it to be in the same amount of time or, you know, if you as long as you get it back, it doesn't matter, right? So if, yeah, if, it, if, it's if, if it lifts and I'm going to shoot. Yeah, if it, if it flips 30 degrees, and I'm not, I'm just saying that number, but you get it back on target and your splits are the same, then it does not matter how much it flips, right? Yeah. yeah. But at the same time, if you shoot a flat gun and it dips 20 degrees. Right. Well. That's going to be just as hard, if not worse. But why does the gun dip? Does the gun dip because the slide's slamming back home? Because you're, you're now neutral or you're, you know at zero degrees and when it slides back it dips 
Or did you did you dip it down too much? In, oh, in, could in be either space. one. Yeah, exactly. That's why people would you know say, oh, that too stiff a recoil spring, um, it dips down. Well, and I don't know. I'm just stuff. I, this is just stuff I'm starting to think through. Uh, I thought about it a little bit, but you know how you, you know how everything in this sport and anything in life that somebody does, when you're when you're new to anything, you don't understand anything, and so you start trying to think about it, and somebody explains it to you. And then you, you're able to come to an understanding based upon your uh, level of experience with that. And as you get more experienced with something, that level of understanding changes and evolves and goes deeper because you now understand it better. So I'm just I'm kind of circling back to this stuff that I thought I about. You can waste, I think you can waste a lot of time. It doesn't matter much. There's exactly. some pretty common knowledge weights on springs for every gun in every division. So pick something in there, make sure it works, and then focus on shooting instead of messing. If you're always if you're always chasing a a flatter gun or a a gun that flips less or that magic load, a, a softer load or yeah. whatever, you're wasting time that could be used getting better at shooting. Because right. well, there's some you know consensus on thoughts on like on a light gun, a heavier bullet generally feels better. Yes, but at the end of the day, you're not going to shoot much different in a match if you're shooting 147s instead of 124s. Totally. So pick one and shoot a whole bunch and get better at shooting. Yeah, and I'm not asking and talking about this stuff because it's something I'm doing because I've not changed springs uh, on anything, and I'm not chasing anything or loads or nothing. Somebody asked me the question, and I was like, well, we'll talk about it. Um, because in – in open, I think how flat the gun shoots does matter. Yes, that's because most open shooters are shooting as fast as they can pull the trigger. The gun's helping them a lot. Yes, yes. Whereas, okay, yeah, exactly. So in open, people are starting to make up time. Like, you have to be everything. Like, you, it, getting from spot to spot is no longer an issue. Uh, but those splits can start making a difference. You know what I mean? Uh, a lot, yeah. Gun. And... and yeah. And what I mean, and I don't mean that negatively. I mean, in open, I feel like a lot of guys are letting the equipment do help them as much as possible. Right. Which, why wouldn't you? Making, making as much use of the equipment as they can. But that's, yeah. I, know some, I, I know some really good open shooters that can like barely shoot 18 splits on a good day. Exactly. I won't, I won't name drop him, but he's a, he's a very, very good open shooter. Well, I've seen one... A person mentioned that they can't shoot them super fast, and he mentioned it on his Instagram. And he I, it was, he happened to be last year's national champion. We're talking about the same person. No, we're not. No, we're not. But the uh, reason why I said that is because he said it. I saw that he said that on his Instagram. And uh, anyways, but when I get a gun with it, with I haven't done it. I don't remember what I was doing with my open gun. I think open was is, is exactly what we're just talking about. So if I get my production or my carry optics gun out there and I'm at seven yards, I can pull on the first shot. I can hit, hit the dead center A zone and I can pull the trigger fast enough to where I will pop a shot either high up in the head or over the top of it. We're talking like 0.11 splits. One, two splits probably. I think it's about as fast as I can go. So 0.12 splits. I've had some faster, but if I'm if I am relaxed, I can pull one twos and one threes fairly consistency consistent. 
but um, some would say, well, you're not gripping right, and that's probably not wrong, but I don't sweat that too much because then I'm like, well, I don't need to pull one three splits. I don't even need to do one six splits. You know what I mean? No. One eight is about really all you need on pretty much almost any close right. target. Yeah, at a five yard, three yard target. But if you're going to go in there and try to go ahead. Splits sound cool on Instagram, though. They sound that's and that's it. If you run up to a target and you're like, well, I can I can pull one three splits on here. Yeah, but if you drop an A, if you drop a Charlie, you've now negated that. Right. Exactly. Yes. So, I, I had a I had a match a while back that I shot that uh I shot it seventeen seconds faster than first place, but guess what? He hit everything. Yeah. So anyway, so that was just the question I was asked. We thought we'd talk about it. Jeff had a comment. He's like, I also want to talk about um if if it if it matters if it rises straight up and down or if it wiggles off to the left or right and um Jeff, no. what do you think about that? I don't think either, as long as you get back on the return to the same spot. I think you can get used to it. Yeah. Uh, now, if, if in general, if I think I think I seem to think that it does matter, just because if it's recoiling, you know, you can get used to it. Of course, you can fight it, but I feel like it's going to be easier to recoil to straight manage down. straight up and down recoil than it is lateral recoil because then you're introducing vertical and horizontal forces coming coming back into the gun rather than just vertical right and i would i would say that if it goes up into the left a little bit but you get it back to the same spot and it doesn't cost you points it doesn't matter however i would i would i would say if that happens to me and i was shooting today and it was happening i was like okay what and it didn't happen a lot but i was like i I noticed it and i was like okay what, what do you think that was and if your answer is you yanked a trigger off into the side or you tensed up your firing hand and were, you know, jerking low and right or low and left if you're a right-handed shooter and then that's causing it to, to do that, then that's another issue that you probably should work out, right? Yeah. So, yeah, if the reason it's doing it is because your trigger control sucks, then, yes, it does matter because you, know, you need I've, to fix your trigger control. I've shot both ways, uh, like holding the gun canted slightly to the right or having the gun recoil up to the right and then i've like trained through it a little bit and got everything straight up and down and i always shoot better when i'm holding the gun straight up and down and it's recoiling straight up and down right it's just everything's more consistent and everything like my hits will be better Uh, the shots on the targets will be closer together Everything works better when it's just going straight up and down. So people say it doesn't matter as long as it returns to zero. And that may be the case. But for me, I shoot better when everything's going vertical. Okay. All right. Well. That's it. Let's uh, pinch it off. Pinch it off. All right. Any any last words, Jared? No, I think that's a good show. I don't there know about that. Have, there you have it, folks. Now I, now I can go to bed like a normal old person. Yeah. Good. All right. Peace out. See y'all. See you guys.